Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And now, it's the rest of with Brad Restituting. Good evening, Tuesday, October 27th, the rest stop with Brad Restituto and Spencer the Wiz in the house live from Las Vegas tonight. Glad to be back with you. And just coming down the pipe less than half an hour ago, the 2020 World Series champion has been crowned the Los Angeles Dodgers after 32 years drought uh, with a very big performance here in game six, get the win. So we'll definitely give a breakdown of that and give our thoughts on L.A. bringing another world championship back to the city of Angels. And, of course, we've got our NFL and football breakdowns from earlier and some news involved in sports. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to start this off today and uh, tell Spencer the Wiz about some of the stuff that happened in my day-to-day. So. Spencer the Wiz, jump on here. I've got to tell you about my day and get your opinion here. Um, so we talked a little bit off the air. I started it off probably 3.30 in the morning watching the Joe Rogan podcast with Kanye West. And I got about an hour into the three-hour episode and uh, had some interesting thoughts behind it. But that's how it started. Here's kind of how it finished, and I have to get your opinion because I feel uh, a certain way about what happened in my day-to-day spend. So I want to break it down to you. I went to an eating establishment where I went inside to place an order. And before I went in, there was a gentleman in a wheelchair that had a sign that said, I am deaf and I'm accepting tips. So he opened the door for me at this place. I placed my order and I waited inside. There was nobody in there waiting. It was a pizza chain. And They told me after about 90 seconds, sir, we can't have anybody wait inside. So at that point, I kind of made a big deal about the fact that they're asking me to leave the establishment, but they have a guy waiting for me out the door with a soliciting sign. And, you know, me trying to be my higher self and be a better person, especially as of late, be very grateful for everything I have. 
I, I of course wish I could have helped the guy, but I wasn't really in a position to really give extra, but I felt super guilty. So I thought uh, a place of business shouldn't allow somebody to solicit outside of their place of work without any type of conversation and making their customers kind of uncomfortable. And I felt that way, Spence. I wanted to help the guy, but I knew I wasn't in a position, but he was out there in his wheelchair. I felt super bad. He's got a sign saying accepting tips as he's opening the door for people. And on my way home, uh, I just started feeling bad that, that I uh, kind of felt this way, but should I have, I mean, I feel like I know in my gut, I was in the right uh, for a place of business to have a guy pretty much soliciting tips outside of the door. And I feel bad. Maybe he was deaf. Maybe he wasn't. He said he was on a sign. And after I left, he wheeled his chair right into the establishment and seemingly talked to the person because he knew I was upset or I don't know if he talked or signed or what, but Spence, what is your thoughts on this? Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's a personal decision too, you know, whether or not to do something about that. But I would say like as a business, you really can't have things like that going on around it. Like it's kind of on you to make sure stuff like that doesn't go down like during regular business hours. Now, maybe for the guys on the side of the building and stuff like that, you know, that's a little, a little touch and go, like it's a little awkward. But if someone's like actively like making it a point that everybody who enters your business has to go through this guy, you got to step in and say something at that point for sure. But it, yeah, I mean, it's just, that's a sad, tough place to be in. Not everyone's in a position to help someone at all times, you know, as much as you'd like to. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. It's not easy. Yeah. And it, well, it made me feel uncomfortable as, as a customer and I usually don't, but in that case I did because I, I didn't feel like at that, like you said, at that time I could really help like I would want to even you know 50 cents may have been helpful, but I just initially didn't, didn't like it. You know, I'm not big on the soliciting thing, although I want to help people. So it's really tough. And I felt bad about it. And I felt bad about even getting a little upset about it, but I asked for a refund and I didn't even give them my business there. Uh, but it weighed on me moving forward. If you're just joining us, uh, yes, the Dodgers are the 2020 world series champs and, uh, and really a great series Spence. And they get it in game six here tonight. And really what we're going to look back on in game six is the decision that Cash made the manager for the Rays to take Blake Snell out of the game in the sixth inning after he was pitching really a gem, a two-hitter. Uh, and right when they pulled him out in that inning, the Dodgers scored two runs and took the two-to-one lead. And then Betts hit a beautiful home run in the eighth inning to really give them that cushion and, and finish the series off. A really great series. And you say it, said it here, Spence, is Clayton Kershaw now the greatest pitcher of all time? But before we get into that, um, the Dodgers, 32-plus years, Spence, in a drought. They get the win in this pandemic-shortened season. They get the title. And Dodgers fans are swimming in it this season as their Lakers get the title. Their Dodgers finally get over the hump now. Uh, it's party time in the city of Angels, Spencer. Yeah, and you know LA is not my favorite city in the world, but they were the most talented team in baseball and really the icing on the cake. And we saw that with Clayton Kershaw. It was the fact that he actually didn't have a tired arm going into the playoffs. He just throws his arm out during the regular season. So I'm sure he's you know keeping his fingers crossed because the thing that's so great about him, you saw him last game. He was in that, got a runner on first and third, no outs. 
most of the time you take out the pitcher in that situation, there's such a short list where you really trust the guy to get out of that. And you wouldn't even say trust the guy to just to give up one run, not multiple runs. But he went on there on the mound. They had that much trust in him because he's that good. And he got out with no additional runs. That's the difference in the series. It's greatness. You've seen that with you've seen that in games like with LeBron James, where there's someone who's just able to elevate themselves above every other player in the league. And I really think that highly of Clayton Kershaw. And they got the they got the World Series win. Spence, we both talked about on the show how we're not huge fans of the very long baseball season, but I think we're both in agreement that baseball playoffs really hits another level and is very exciting. Uh, and I want to take it to since we reconvened last time, uh, game four of this series where the Rays really got back into it and it had a, a sensational finish. And are we able to get to that clip of how game four turned and what was really only only went six games, but a very memorable uh, World Series. And here was one of the highlights of game four. Jensen, that is in the center field. Here comes Kiermaier. Phillips has tied the game. Arroyo's arena coming around. Throw home. Now he stumbles. But the ball gets away. Tampa Bay wins it. Brett Phillips gets wow. And Spence, how about Randy Arozarena? I know in a losing effort for the Rays for the series, but the rookie who had 10 postseason home runs and had one tonight that really started off Tampa Bay with the one nothing lead, he was outstanding in this series for Tampa Bay, a team that has a completely different roster than they did the last time they were in the World Series over a decade ago. What a great job by this organization to even get to this point and be competitive with the Dodgers where we thought – Initially, in the beginning of the series, it may be a short one. Yeah, and that's what the playoffs are about. That's what playoff baseball is all about. Rookies almost never have the chance to step up in any sport other than, you know, you saw Tyler Hero for a game, really. You know, and then as soon as he went to the finals, he got exposed. Not, I mean, not necessarily exposed, but a rookie is not going to make big spots defensively. And they attacked him in game one in that Lakers series, but... If you even want to look to hockey, it's even it's way more difficult. Most time rookies can't get into the rotation, but here in baseball, you see really special efforts. It's just really cool because you never know who it's going to be. And this was one of the best playoffs in recent memory. Obviously, the conference finals are the NLCS and the ALCS. They both went to seven games that had never happened in baseball history. I hope we see this trend of a shorter season going forward is kind of like my biggest takeaway from the season. I would love that also, Spence. I don't know that we do see it, but I, I think it would. We we talked about it uh, repetitively about how we think that would be good for the game and growing the fan base. Uh, but this was a fantastic World Series. Like I said, it didn't go seven games, but tons of excitement. The Rays super competitive, giving the Dodgers all they could handle, and the Dodgers, you know, they had to fight and scratch to get a win tonight. They were down one, nothing. Blake Snell was dominating. And like I said, what's going to be a controversial decision by Kevin cash to pull Blake Snell. It went downhill from there. Uh, and Betts, Mookie Betts was great. Uh, Jose Volante checks in and said that Seager won the MVP. I, I think it really could have went to a number of guys. I think Mookie Betts, his defense, his base running, he could have gotten it. You mentioned Kershaw. Uh, the, the Dodgers got an effort from, from the lineup top to bottom the relievers tonight, Spence, they, Dave Roberts kept putting in uh, guy after guy, inning after inning. Alex Wood had a few strong innings. 
Uh, Urias at the end was super strong in the final two. And the Dodgers, they finally get over the hump, Spence. And it was a well-earned win. And the Rays were super tough. And I thought they had a chance after that game four, the highlight we just watched, to take that momentum into game five because it was such a high. But the Dodgers shut that down quick, and they took momentum back with a big game five win. And then, of course, closed it out tonight. Yeah, I just think that speaks volumes to just how talented this Dodgers roster is overall. There's not a lot of teams that can fight against the momentum like that. And they fought against the all odds almost. I mean, everyone was really like, this is it. The Rays are going to start taking over. This is the churning point. But it's cut out there. Uh, the Dodgers came together as a team and they just played their game. Like every game felt like an individual game, which is so hard to do. Normally you feed off of the momentum or you feed off of the plays that were going on, but every game felt completely different. And that's, that's great coaching. You know, their manager did a great job as well. And guys just stepped up when they needed to. Most importantly, Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw. I think Mookie Betts deserved the MVP, especially after uh, the game six performance. But I guess that can be a debate for another time. That's Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. I am your host, Brad Restituto. You can follow me at Brad the Believer. And please make sure you go to LandryFootball.com and subscribe to the podcast under Landry Football Conference Call. You can check it out on Audio Boom, on Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your podcasting platform is if you can't watch us live. And please download the Twitch app at www twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And then you can find us there into the rest stop. We're live every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, Spence, before we get to more world series and football talk, I'm going to hit the rewind button here for a second. So here we go. Yeah. It's rewind time. Well, Spence, I, I want to start off by thanking you because you filled in for me uh, last Thursday. You and Jose Volante came on, did a fantastic job. So I'm rewinding and thanking you for that. Uh, excellent job there. And, of course, you're still the king of the rest stop as you hit another home run with your picks this past week. We'll get into some of those breakdowns. Congratulations there, Spence. In your first year picking uh, pretty much every game against the spread, you're right at 60%. You know how tough that is. Uh, you've done a fantastic job. You're all over it. Uh, week in and week out, you're just blasting the competition uh, like the Terminator. So anybody that wants to step to the rest stop, and more importantly, Spencer the Wiz, uh, he is got the crown, and he's firing on all cylinders as uh, nobody has come in and won two straight weeks, Spence. And we're halfway through the season, so congratulations, my man. Yeah, dominating right now, right? But it's 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 really it's been really fun, and and I'd like to mention one thing that intro that I made for those who can see it, or I guess you can hear it too. That song is actually a re like a deep, deep reference. There's a movie that came out in like 2003 called Time Stoppers. That's a song that was on the soundtrack of the movie. Uh, it was by Smash Mouth, the guys who made All Stars. So <laughs> if anyone, I do do my deal diligence for these segments. I, I hope people know that. Spence is taken behind the curtain there. And of course the little secrets and nuances behind all that Spencer, the Wiz does. And he does so much for this show, the rest stop. And I'm very appreciative for all that he does. And of course he killed it on Thursday and he's killing it in the pick segment as he's just wiping out the competition. Spence, I'm going to rewind from earlier tonight. I've got to tell you uh, about 
something that happened aside from my little incident. As I got home, I got my money back. I didn't have pizza and I don't need to really have it anyway. So that was a good thing. Uh, my lovely girlfriend, Amanda, had cooked some soup tonight. And I've got to tell you about this soup, Spence, because it like absolutely blew me away. So we were talking about doing this recipe for like Italian sausage, white bean soup. And it had some nice herbs with it with like rosemary and thyme. I got to tell you, Spence, this is like the best soup I ever had. And it caught us both by surprise. I'm talking, I would call this soup like five-star restaurant quality soup. Anywhere I've ever been, like if I ordered this, it's that flavorful. It's that good. The combination of the fresh veggies, uh, the ground sausage chopped perfectly with the perfect seasoning in the broth. It was amazing, man. And I just had to brag about her a little bit today because she really, uh, in this baseball reference, uh, my girl Amanda, she didn't just round the bases. She hit a grand slam today with this Italian sausage soup. So uh, I have to tell the world about it. And maybe uh, the world will get to try it one day because it's that good, Spencer. I'm telling you, this is like restaurant quality five-star soup that I had tonight. And I feel amazing. I feel like, like I was... I experienced greatness with this meal, with the fresh veggies, and I'm fired up about it. I, I've been talking about with Kevin, uh, who started Blue Milk Boys with me. I said we need to yep. open up a different subsidiary called Blue Milk Boys Cooking. So this could be a uh, this could be the thing that launches it. <laughs> Spence, we we may have to have some more conversations. You you've got so many irons in the fire right now with all that you're doing. So. Uh, maybe it'll slow down and we can discuss Blue Milk Boys cooking. That would be cool. And we could have a cool channel to add to your Blue Milk Boys gaming channel. And now we're talking about a big entity here with the Blue Milk Boys uh, monopoly. So I like that. And we'll, we'll explore this later. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna definitely get – I'll get down to uh, when you're here doing your stuff at KSHP. I'll, I'll bring you uh, a little bit to, to try and you'll have to uh, give me your honest opinion. But I had to give her – some love and a shout out on that there. Uh, if you're just joining us, the rest stop, we come live to you every Tuesday and Thursday, nine o'clock Pacific time. Follow me on Twitter at Brad, the believer, follow Spencer at Spencer, the Wiz, And we broadcast live on Facebook, on our Twitter channel. And of course on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. So download your Twitch app and the Los Angeles Dodgers are your 2020 world series champs. It looks like Corey Seager got the MVP and they won tonight three to one and uh, a really nice effort by Dave Roberts, the manager and getting everybody involved in the bullpen to really have a complete team win. a nice job by the Dodgers. Spence, I want to get into some football action and some football news. And, and I want to start off tonight in football with the Dallas Cowboys uh, because they had an embarrassing loss this past Sunday to the Washington football team. And with Andy Dalton taking the hit that he got, you see it here on the graphic. Are they officially in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes? And, and my answer to that is, is yes, because they are looking so bad that I don't know how they can manage together two more wins this season the way that they've looked. They just traded defensive end Everson Griffith to the Lions today. Uh, there's so much turmoil amongst the front office and the coaching staff uh, publicly not necessarily that's a reality, but a lot of talking heads in the media are, are talking about lack of leadership and all this other nonsense that's putting just question marks into what's going on organizationally for the Cowboys. And Spence, tell me if you agree with me or not. 
that they look bad enough where they can be in this discussion coming six, seven weeks from now where they may only still have one win. Yeah, I, I don't think the argument will be. Yeah, I don't think the argument will be if they're in the sweepstakes. It's whether or not they're interested in Trevor Lawrence will be the real crux of the issue. I mean, they've come out and said that Dak is still our guy. So if they put themselves in position maybe to get that pick, who knows if they'll take him or not. I'm going to lean yes. I can't think of a more pitcher-perfect Cowboys quarterback. And really what I think another thing it comes down to is – Trevor Lawrence said he might stay for a fourth season. I think he saw what happened with Joe Burrow. He doesn't want to go to a team like the Bengals. So I think he'll be a, he'll be a guy who could switch his mind at the last second. If it looks like he's going to go to the Jaguars, he'll be like, oh, I'm okay off of that. Maybe I'll stay another fourth season and he'll kind of disguise it as, oh, I'm just looking to play my last year of college. Don't be surprised if that happens. So, and look, if they did draft Trevor Lawrence, Spence, they, they could have some value with some assets. We don't know when Dak may be back completely healthy, but he's very, he is valuable when he comes back. It's not like he's all of a sudden diminished off the face of the NFL radar and doesn't have value. So you can move around and gain more assets. If you're that bad and you're able to draft Trevor Lawrence, which the Cowboys have two wins right now, the Jets have zero, the Vikings have one, a few other teams have one. They're not officially in the sweepstakes yet. So my answer to that is no, um, but they, there's a possibility that they could be, especially look, if the jets do not trade Sam Darnold, he's good enough to get the jets a win or two. Uh, we'll just see how they release the reins on him moving forward in this season. They were competitive for three quarters against the bills and the bills slightly pulled away there, but to stay in this NFC East Spence, um, who do you think is, is going to be the, the front runner to win this division? Is it the Eagles? In, in your opinion? Yeah, I, it really – yeah, it has to be. There's no one else. The Giants just don't look like they can win. The only team that really looks like they can win any given football game technically are the Eagles. You know, they had that great little comeback against the Steelers in the fourth quarter, but they've had a few wins, and we know that they can do it. We know they have playoff experience. I would be shocked if the Redskins find a way to make the playoffs is what I'm trying to say, or I guess win the division would really be the, the greater – uh, way of saying that because we know none of the teams in this division are winning a wild card spot. Well, Spence, you're going to be shocked. This is my dark horse, the Redskins. And let me tell you why I'm really impressed with Ron Rivera and, and what he is fearless. And I think these guys rally around him. He's coached every game going through a cancer scare. They had a week one upset win. They dominate Dallas for the most part. They're competitive with not a lot. So I think if they could continue to, to feed off Rivera and gain some continuity amongst Kyle Allen and maybe get a running game going, get Chase Young back in the defensive lineup, I think this division is so bad that they can beat uh, the Cowboys. They can beat the Giants. The Eagles, if they're not at full strength, they can, they can find a win there. So I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to go with the Redskins. And I would love to see Alex Smith, as I've talked about, get another opportunity. I'm really fascinated with his story. I think he could be productive. Kyle Allen has definitely got the reins now, but I don't know that that's going to be 100% the rest of the year. I think with injury and with other things going on, and that being such a winnable division, Spence, I think we see Alex Smith again before the end of the 2020 season. Yeah, no, I don't think it's impossible for the Redskins. They're definitely the second best team in that division, which is sad to say, but it is the truth. There's, you just got to work with what you got. And there is a little bit of 
mysticism around them. And the thing is, that's gonna it's gonna come down to divisional games. I have there's like zero um, you know thing in my mind that they're gonna go out out of division, start winning football games. Really, what it comes down to is when they play each other, one of them has to win, unless it's gonna be a tie. So, yeah, I, I'm leaning Eagles for sure. I would put my money on the Eagles, but it's not. I would say there's probably like a 35% chance the Redskins find a way Spence, to pull it out. We have to interrupt this message. Uh, we have a special guest in the comment section, uh, Ralph Santana, if you pull up his comment here. Uh, as we just saw the Dodgers win the 2020 World Series, Ralph Santana, a former professional baseball player and coach in the minor leagues for uh, uh, Illinois' program, uh, so I'm um, really curious if Ralph staying in the chat here, what his thoughts are on the Dodgers after 30 years getting their first World Series crown and what his thoughts are on the move uh, that Kevin Cash made pulling Blake Snell after only allowing two hits uh, through six innings. So if you're still there, Ralph, and you want to jump in here, even if you want to jump on the show, we'll send you a link to your email. So uh, I would love to have you on, man. Haven't talked to Ralph in many years as uh uh, me and Ralph went to high school together, played football together. Ralph was a, a baseball and football star, was one of the best in uh, Central Florida where we grew up. Um, so, of course, uh, with the night as the Dodgers winning the World Series, it's uh, apropos that uh, Ralph checks in. We'll see if he gives us any other uh, feedback here besides his yo-yo. He may have had a few drinks uh, celebrating the Dodgers' victory after 30 years. So I don't think he's a Dodgers fan, but – uh, pretty exciting. And look, let's let's talk about MLB for a second. I know we got off off subject talking about football. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, Ralph, put put your email on the on the chat here. We'll send you a link. We'll bring you on the podcast live here. As we're live every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, nine o'clock Pacific time here Let on me, the uh, rest. Well, but, uh, I, yeah, don't put your email in the chat. I know that's a little like private, but uh, I'll pr- private message you on Facebook, Ralph. Yeah, private message. Yeah, there we go. Spence taking control there, but uh, <laughs> but look, it, it's uh, we let's let's give Major League Baseball some credit here. Why we're why, why we're on the subject uh, for them to pull off in this pandemic shortened season and uh, to have and handle COVID like they did with the Marlins and with some of the other teams and, and to pull off and execute uh, this Major League Baseball season how they did. Uh, I've got to commend them. They did a fantastic job, and and the playoffs were were excellent. And Major League Baseball deserves a lot of credit. And I, I am curious if we do get Ralph on here, his thoughts on what we've talked about, Spence, about shortening the Major League Baseball season, and if that's something that's feasible, and if that would draw the fan base higher. Ralph, uh, hopefully we can have him join us. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers and played some professional baseball, coached minor league baseball, won some titles for many years uh, as a private coach. Uh, an instructor now he originally from the central Florida area where I'm from uh, was a baseball football star in central Florida and uh, just a great guy great friend that I've known for you know almost two decades or more probably three decades I'm losing track of how old I am Uh, but uh, yeah the the Dodgers and Major League Baseball uh, are are the topic tonight and and really the headline as the Dodgers go 30 plus years Without a World Series crown, they get the job done tonight in impressive fashion, three to one as they were down most of the game. And, and Spence, what are your thoughts about Major League Baseball uh, pulling off this season in the way they did? Because there were so many talks in the beginning of there not even being a season and that the, the owners and the Players Association, they could not get on the same page contractually. 
and they finally got on the same page. But there were so many talks that we might not even see the season. Yeah, so it is. it was pretty spectacular that they pulled it off. But the thing is, we talked about this as well. They were trying to change baseball, but in the wrong way. They were saying, let's put a second someone at second base for extra innings. It doesn't add anything to the game other than making it shorter. It doesn't make it more exciting by any stretch of the imagination. It was awkward is what I'm trying to say here. And also the pitch count. We don't need to rush pitchers. It's fun to watch pitching if you love the game of baseball, which a lot of people still do. It was just the real issue was that you're 102 games into the season and you realize you still have 50 or 80 more to go. And it ends up just no one cares anymore. By the time, you know, people may tune in for uh, the playoffs, but even then your interest has already been lower. But people were watching every single game this season for the most part. Most, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, so I, I emailed that link to him. So hopefully he got that. All right, Ralph, if you got that link, click it. You can use your iPhone or if you have a camera phone, it'll send you right in into where we're at in our studio here at the rest stop. And then we'll just jump you right in. So if you got the link, check your email from Spencer's email and we'll shoot you right into the show. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think Major League Baseball deserves a lot of credit, Spence. Um, and I-, I thought they did a fantastic job. And uh, there he is. Ralph, what's, what's up, man? man? Good to have you on, man. We're here live in Vegas every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock. Thanks for checking in. And uh, we got the perfect man to talk about uh, this crazy baseball season and the Dodgers after uh, three-plus decades. What a, what a series. Did, were you able to watch the entirety of this World Series, and what were your thoughts on it as a whole? Yeah, I watched the entire series, man. It was uh, it was a crazy series. Actually, a good series. Um, one of the better ones we've seen, actually, in a, in a long time, um, besides the uh, Boston World Series. I, I put this one up there with the rest of them. Um, but it was a good World Series. Um, it just came down to, uh, you know, game six and decisions you had to be made. Uh, Ralph, uh, I was hyping you up before you jumped on. Give give the listeners that may be just jumping in and, and that'll watch the podcast um, live later, give them some of your background. I was telling them, you know, we grew up together in Central Florida. We did. You were yeah. a, a baseball and football star at, at, in Orlando, but uh, you ended up uh, playing baseball after high school talk about your background and talk about why you chose to play baseball because a lot of people would say you were a better football player than a baseball player and you're pretty damn good at both so talk about your background a little and what made your decision uh to to really make baseball your career because it's been your life for yeah. over two decades now yeah well thanks man um yeah it was a crazy it was a tough decision for me actually out of high school um it was really overwhelming which way i should go um, overall, you know, my parents really wanted me to play baseball, should have played football. Um, I love the, I love football. Um, I wish I would have gone to school and played it honestly. And then, uh, chose my path from there. But, you know, you see, you see the draft, you see the major league baseball calling you that gets all hyped. You're 18 years old. You know, I don't think you always make the best decision, but, uh, I made the decision and it's actually worked out for me really well. Um, but I do love the game of football and I think I was just blessed to have the opportunity to, uh, choose, uh, what I wanted to play. Well, Ralph, I know how much you love football. Every Thursday on the show, we do a live pick segment, an NFL segment, me and my co-host and producer Spencer, the Wiz, we pick every game against the spread. So nice. you're, you're officially invited to join us uh, on Thursday. Spencer's the champ right now. I've been very mediocre, but we'd love to have you back and join us. Uh, to pick, but I, I want to continue the conversation with you. Why uh, we mentioned that? Um, 
talk about Major League Baseball and, and the job that they did as a whole. Because we were talking before the season started. We didn't know if there was going to be a Major League Baseball season. The Players Association, the players, the owners – uh, they could not come to an agreement. It was really up in limbo right during the middle of this pandemic. And now that we're living in retrospect and we can see that they've pulled this off uh, through the midst of the Marlins struggling and some other franchises struggling uh, with some outbreaks during the season, it, it looks like a great success. And, yeah. and i got to give them credit. It was a very entertaining playoffs. Um, what were your thoughts leading into the season? If the, Did you have any doubts that there was going to be a season? And, and how do you think Major League Baseball did as a whole? Uh, absolutely had doubts. Um, I wondered how they were going to pull it off to begin with, um, especially playing um, without the bubble. Um, that was huge. And, you know, especially when the Marlins got it and 17 of their players went down, that was a big question. And then, you know, the Cardinals got it as well. That was a huge. And I was like, man, if this is going to happen, I, I just don't see how it, how it, you know, how it pans out. But luckily, you know, um, they stepped up. They stepped up their game. They had more testing. They kept people, you know, in a confined kind of bubble where, you know, after the game, you weren't allowed to go into places, which they did a really good job of that. And then, of course, um, what they did, you know, to make sure they would finish is once they got to the playoffs, um, the second round, everybody was in a bubble. Um, so I thought they handled it great for um, being able to travel, you know, to different cities and play and then to have just that happen and be able to finish the season and crown a World Series, it's it was it was well done by, by Major League Baseball. If you're just joining us, that's Ralph Santana joining me here on the rest stop. Ralph uh, played at Lake Sumner Community College for baseball out in the Central Florida area and then drafted by the Brewers and then had a, a long professional career over in Illinois. Ralph, tell some of the, the listeners about the time you spent in Illinois and, and what your experience was like. Um, pretty much from your professional playing days into your coaching career and then what you're doing now. Oh, that's great. Um, you know, I ended up here uh, with a manager, Mike Pinto. Um, I played underneath him through other uh, professional teams. And actually, I was on my way out, um, and he asked me to come play one more year. I was going to retire the year before. Um, and just begin, uh, you know, begin a different chapter in my life. And uh, so I gave him one more year, and uh, our condition was – if I uh, if I played one more year, he'd help me find a coaching job, and uh, so they surprised me after I finished playing my year there. Offered I had other offers overseas to continue to play. Um, you know, I led the league in hitting. I still did a bunch of things. I was still capable of playing. I just knew I wasn't getting back to the big leagues anytime soon, so I, I didn't want to just prolong my career and do the minor league circuit for that long. So, uh, you know, he uh, they surprised me. We all went to dinner one time and I knew something was up when we had the GM Eric Hag there at the time and we had our uh president there uh Tim Arsenal um so I was sitting there I was like man this is different usually it's just me and Mike um and that's when they said hey man you know we'd like to we know the deal Mike made with you and we'd like to uh actually keep you on as a professional uh baseball coach a part of our organization and so uh we did that um I thought I'd be there maybe you know a stepping stone to my coaching career to help me get back to the big leagues. And um, I just fell in love with the city and the town and became uh, just content with being there and uh, loving everything with it. So I ended up coaching there the last 17 years. Um, I, I've never really officially retired. They retired my number. 
um, which was phenomenal. I, I, I couldn't have fathom my number getting retired anywhere. Um, but for them to do it was fantastic for me. And then uh, I love the game so much. I started a hitting facility here in Southern Illinois as well. And I've been doing that for the last uh, seven to eight, eight years. Um, we, you know, we have over 300 kids. Uh, we teach baseball and softball. Um, I have eight other great instructors that help me out. I still help out the Southern Illinois minors, um, as well as international, uh, the baseball committee as well, um, with some of the coaching stuff. So it's been a great journey for me. Uh, um, and you know, I could have picked either way. So I, I, I can say baseball has worked out so far in, uh, into my favor. Uh, Ralph, I want to talk to you about, look, I <laughs> believe it or not, we're, uh, 20 years since me and you played, uh, back in high school when it's been longer now bubba i've been 20 years in pro ball 99 well what would you i don't know we'll just we had our 20 year anniversary four years ago who's counting right i'm trying to i'm I'm 40 years old man (laughs) (laughs) well well, the the point i'm trying to make is it's very fresh in my mind uh some of the days in in high school i remember you walking around walking around in the walking boot and you were a tough dude, man. You you played injured. You never sat out. You never missed a game. I remember that. Like, I yeah. remember a lot of those times because I take that same mentality in my life. I never want to miss anything. I play adult basketball here right. in Vegas. But it's just there's a there's a mentality behind it. But I want to I want to transition that into um, how athletes these days, how they stay healthy and keep their bodies prepared compared to 20 two, 23 right. years ago when we were playing, the, the the technology and the access wasn't there. There's so much – we've evolved so much. We've evolved from before we played until we right. played and then after now. Talk right. about what you've seen in your experience through seeing what you experienced as a player and now what's accessible and what guys do and the money they spend to take care of their bodies uh, to still play the game as long as possible. I think that's what they've done. It's, that's uh, actually a better job than what we ever did. Um you know, uh, they'll rest it a lot longer than we did. Like you said, I was in a boot. Um, I got injured that Friday night, finished playing that game. I was in a boot, supposed to be in a boot for, what, three weeks. Uh, took the boot off in two days, um, you know, and it was just play through it, you know. A lot of these guys are smarter nowadays and saying, you know what, I need to sit out a week, let me heal up and, and, and not try to get re-injured on that same ankle, you know. Um, of course, the game was a little nastier back then as well. Um, you know, the, I, I'm glad the new protocols they've put into the game to help people prolong their career, um, especially the, some of the hits we would take, you know, are, are way out of the game now. Um, you know, hell, we hit people helmet to helmet like it was nobody's business. Um, you know, if remember, if we took somebody out of the game, we got a skull put on a helmet. We took pride in that. You know, I had five or six of them on my helmet. Um you know, it's just just things like that uh, help out. Uh, and as I prolonged my career, I remember being with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I tore all three ligaments in my ankle. Um, and I was supposed to be out for a long period of time. And you know me, I, I wasn't going to do that. So I took about four or five days off. And then the next thing you know, I was running in an underwater pool with, uh, with a treadmill. Um, but I couldn't walk on my ankle, but I can run in, underwater because it's got resi- I mean, it's got zero resistance and it didn't help hurt my ankle. So it helped me stay in shape to uh, actually get back faster and strengthen my ankle. So um, the technology this day is just just to help the people get back 
is incredible. Of course, you have more, you know, you have more analytics. You have more, you know, the medical field is incredible compared to what it used to be. And this is prolonging the guy's career, which is fantastic. If you're just joining us, that's Ralph Santana joining me. Me and Ralph go way back uh, over 20 years, two decades. I uh, haven't Absolutely. seen him in a long time, so it was great to have him on. Ralph, uh, as you can see with me doing this podcast, Talking Sports, uh, you know how passionate I am about sports. Yeah, so uh, either, either, either get me in check here or tell me the truth. As you reflect back 20-plus years, to, I'm convinced that uh, – a couple of our high school teams, our junior and senior year, specifically our senior year, I thought we had so much talent that wasn't utilized. I thought we could have been really good. If you reflect on that and, and you use the Ralph Santana of 2020, <laughs> how, how good could that team have been if it was utilized correctly? Our team in high school. Oh, man, I hate to – I love Coach Holt. Um, but, yeah, we. I should have. I should have been a two-way player. Um, Mike should have been a two-way player. I think we should have utilized the tight end, which we never did, um, you know, just to keep keep the defenses a little bit more honest. But, uh, you know, it, it's you, – you, you can always go back and say, hey, look, we should have done this differently. Um, I thought our defense, no matter what, was beyond terrible. Anytime <laughs> teams can go. And I'm sorry for our guys that play defense, but – Anytime it's third and 31 and they run a dive just to give us the ball back and go 70 yards for a touchdown, it makes it hard to win. Um, so I don't know if we could have done a lot of things different. I don't think we had the right personnel on defense to make a success. If you have the special players we had on offense compared to the special players we had on defense, like, you know, you were underutilized, and uh, I think you could have played defensive end or, you know, uh, used as an outside linebacker instead of just a tight end. Um, you know, just, just things like that. I, I, we could have used the players a little bit differently. But overall, I just think we didn't have the – we didn't have the – on it, one, we didn't have the depth. If we would have had our junior year's defense with our senior year's offense, we would have won nine games. There it is. Uh it's fun every now and then to hit the time back machine, man. It's, uh, yeah. I tell you what, man, it's, uh, I wish we could all get back together and who's to say we won't look in Vegas where I'm at now tonight is the grand opening during the middle of a pandemic of the Circa casino and hotel downtown. It's a huge uh, monstrosity of a casino and sports book. And uh, anybody that's not here in Vegas, but it's listening, make sure you, you look that up the Circa hotel, uh, it's the place to be. It's a place to check out here in Vegas. Derek Stevens is opening up. Um, Ralph, I want to finish up with you here, but I definitely want to extend the invite for you to come back on and pick against us. Uh, and I want to ask you a football question. Sure. Uh, th this NFL season, pandemic-shortened season, uh, I, I, I mean, what do you think about the jobs some of the coaches have done or maybe some of the bad jobs that they've done? Because we've seen a, a team like the Cowboys – who we don't know how good they could have been, but we were just talking about them before he went on. Uh, they went from aspirations of making the playoffs to now maybe they don't win a game the rest of the year. Uh, what do you think about some of the coaching jobs that's been done and how some of the teams have handled not having a preseason and an offseason? Uh, first of all, the, absolutely wrong. The Cowboys always find a way to screw it up. I just don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jay, Jerry Jones and what he's done and who he's got in there just – 
It never works. It, they just never figure out how to put, to me, the pieces of the puzzles together. They should have got Dak done, and obviously you can see how big Dak was to their offense now um, when you add Andy Dalton to the mix, which is, a, I would say, a a really good two quarterback in, in the NFL, and he can't run the offense like Dak did. Um, just, you know, just the hiring, too. I, I I hired that questioning anybody that can't get along with Aaron Rodgers and that team that could have won a Super Bowl. How do you bring that guy back and say, you know what, he's gonna run, he's gonna bring back even a more modern effect on these guys? I just don't see that mixing or gelling ever. Um, so the Cowboys are the Cowboys, everybody's gonna want them to win, and they're never gonna pull it out, not like that. Yeah. Ralph, last football question. The young quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, who's not very that young, but uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, the list goes on. These guys are playing outstanding. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on the quarterback position and then the, the state of that position moving forward? I mean, it looks like the NFL is going to be in great hands from that position for many years to come. I mean, they're making the game exciting. you got to love it. Um, just the athletic ability of the quarterback, no more just sitting in the pocket trying to figure out what to throw in balls. I mean – just what they're able to run and, you know, the offense they're able to run, just, you know, just things like that. You think about if we could have ran the offense like that when we were playing in high school, dude, there's no way they stop us. No <laughs> way. I mean, they're just running plays that just five, they're just creating so much more space and rolling things out left and right. And that option read pass, you know, where you're just reading the guys in the box, it's, phenomenal and these guys are just fast and kudos to wilson and murray for being baseball guys and saying you know what i'm, I'm right right guy, so. and even mahomes mahomes is a baseball guy i mean his dad played in the big leagues for 12 13 years and anybody that tells Derek jeter and 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 uh alex rodriguez i'm sorry that i'm gonna go play football and then not only do that turn it lights out and now owns kansas city i mean he <laughs> He might Kansas City might as well name Patrick Mahomes for crying out loud. But Bro, those- that's not that's nuts when you think about it, right? Baseball guys that made a tough decision to do that. And man, I mean, just talk about because that that was you. Okay, yeah. so talk about just why is football, why do we just love football a little bit more? And I think that's kind of the nature of those guys, of guys like us. What is it about football that's different? And what 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 just gives you that extra juice? Because I know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think it's the contact of the sport. I mean, the heart of the sport, like you have to man up every play, like it, 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 you're getting hit every play. You're, you're just the heart it takes to play, like, you know, coming across the middle and knowing you're going to take a hit and catching the ball and getting up and your teammate picking you up. I'm like, come on, man, let's go. And just the grind, I think, of football, how, you just have to have heart. Not everybody mm. can play football. Like, you know, there's several guys. Well, you know, there's several guys that we played with that took two hits. We thought they were bad guys like you would never mess with, took two hits and put the pads up and said, no, nah, I can't do this anymore. Like, it just takes a special type of person to put on pads and uh, say, let's do this. I mean, and then at that level, come on, man. You got to be special to do it at that level. Mm. Sure. That's right. Ralph, man, I appreciate you jumping in. Hey, check your email. We're going to be in touch. We'd love to have you back on. Thanks for jumping in and showing the support. Really appreciate yeah, having you on, man. Yeah, I miss you. I 
love talking to you. Um, keep going, man. Uh, you're nothing but hard. Uh, love, love seeing you again, brother. It's been a long time. I wanted to jump on here and say hello um, and just catch up with you because it's been a while. So I appreciate you. I'll try to make it back on Thursday at work. Um, but, you know, you're on Vegas time, so that should give me an extra hour. Um, I'll try to link up with you somewhere around 9 o'clock and see where you're at, man. All right, Ralph, give my fam- give your family my best, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, brother? Great to All have right. you on. Sounds good, All right. man. Be well. That was Ralph Santana uh, joining us. Great job. If you missed any part of that, make sure you uh, download the podcast and go to LandryFootball.com. Search Landry Football Conference Call on any of the platforms, podcasts, and you can check that out. And uh, Ralph, if you're still there, uh, make sure you share on your social media and uh, any of your uh, of your social media, Facebook pages, Twitter, Instagram, uh, so we can get that out there. Have some of the old fellas check that out. It was great having you on. You had some great information there uh, with football and with baseball. Spence, jump back on here. Uh, that kind of took its own little turn there, but uh, had to have a little nostalgia there. It was great to have Ralph back on. We have such a, a, a great history. So um, I had to bring him on, especially with his baseball expertise. No, it's great. It's great to to see people reconnect and stuff like that. Uh, I know I'm a, I'm pretty young, but uh, it won't be too long from now before I have my first kind of high school reunion. It's it's coming up a little bit, which kind of also scares me to say that out loud. But I guess time comes for everybody. Spence, so w- w- with that kind of curveball there, we won't go through every game of the picks, but here in about five minutes, we'll review the records and we'll slightly go over it. But I want to continue to hit on some of the talking points before uh, we move on to that. In in NFL, we were talking about, let's talk about Odell Beckham Jr. out for the year for the Cleveland Browns, torn ACL. Um, God, it stinks for for Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who in his first and second year with the Giants looked like he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, just outstanding catches, has not really been able to stay healthy, has now moved from New York to Cleveland. His time in Cleveland has not been that great, although the beginning of this season under Kevin Stefanski, he started to break out a little bit, and now this injury. So what does that mean for Odell moving forward, in your opinion, Spencer? Yeah, Odell's just a really strange human being, so I think he'll see this as an offensive thing, if that makes sense. Uh, Keep in mind, guys, this is the same person who said that he – has a mutual respect with COVID-19 and that's why he can't get COVID-19 because they know each other apparently. So I think he'll see as torn ACL is like, this is a, an omen probably uh, for playing for the the Browns. I don't expect him to be on this team next year. Where do you think he goes? Uh, the Raiders maybe <laughs> that's, that's where I predicted, right? Like early in the season. And then when things were going well, yeah. I was like, Oh, he'll probably stay. But like I said, he's, He's so unpredictable, and if he does leave, I mean, the Raiders have a huge need at wide receiver. They're, the Game one, they started two rookie wide receivers, one of them coming in the fourth round of the season, so they're obviously very weak at the position. Nelson Aguilar has been a breakout player, but you need a wide receiver one, and he is that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think that'd be a great move for the Raiders, but is his health a question, and is that going to give people some hesitation picking him up moving forward? He hasn't been able to stay healthy, Spencer. Yeah, no, it's going to be a concern, but every obviously with the talent that he has, someone's going to take that risk. The Raiders have already taken the risk, and when they took on Antonio Brown, I don't. This is much less of a risk, you know, because he was a like a locker room problem. This is an injury problem for the most part. Well, what do you think this means for the Browns? Baker Mayfield had his best performance of the year in a late game fashion, coming back to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Uh, is this going to allow him to really open it up more and not focus strictly on Beckham and get everyone else involved? Uh, or is this just a bad Bengals defense that he looked good against? Yeah, this is a two-sided coin. I, I agree with kind of where you're going with this. And in, in one sense, he doesn't have Odo Beckham Jr. anymore, which is, I guess, is a problem. In the other sense, there's no pressure for him to find him all the time. Every game seems to be about that. At least for sure last year it was. Like, how many catches did Odo Beckham have? So that's not going to be on his mind anymore. And I think Baker Mayfield's a bit of a, a mental case. So I think this could be a big kind of stress reliever off of him, if that even makes sense. Uh, you mentioned his name earlier, Spence. Let's hit on Antonio Brown. I don't think we had a chance to talk about it since this happened. Uh, and, and a little bit of a surprise move as Bruce Arians kind of said, uh, we're not interested earlier. Well, now he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And this just adds to the spoil of riches for Tom Brady and the Bucs. Adding to that offense, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brate, now Antonio Brown. And this guy, we, we mentioned it. We talked about it, Spence, a couple weeks before this was due to happen. Who's going to be interested? We have our answer now. And what does this mean for Tampa Bay? Well, it means they have Antonio Brown. What that means is hard to actually analyze and talk about. You know what you're going to get talent-wise from, from Antonio Brown. It's obvious it's just, I really think he has CTE. Obviously, there's no brain scans. We don't know that for sure. We've seen the concussions. I think he could be fine on Tuesday. I think he could be a great teammate. I don't, there's no doubt in my mind that he interacts well with his teammates. It's on that Tuesday where he goes crazy and he makes a huge mistake. It's just, it's, it's like a ticking time bomb. I don't know why Tampa Bay would be interested in bringing a guy like this in when they finally seem like they have it all together a little bit. And then suddenly it all breaks down that could be so bad for their momentum because they have a so much of it right now after beating the Packers, they beat a terrible Raiders team. And now looking forward, it looks like they're going to be one of the premier teams. Now, if they make the gamble on the right, yeah, they have one of the best receivers in football. And just like, it'll be like a Randy Moss situation with the Patriots, but we'll see. He, he has been good for a couple months. Can he sustain that through the rest of the season? Uh, I guess that's a soap opera yet to be determined, but I'm sure Tom Brady maybe had some texts or calls saying, look, this is, this is the expectations and, and this is how it needs to go. Uh, so it, it kind of poses the question. We know the Patriots were kind of famous for bringing in guys that had questionable character. Is this a statement to how much of a leader Tom Brady is that he's such a leader guys will just follow behind. And this is what I spoke to beginning about why, not in your words, noodle alarm Brady, but Brady, the consummate leader, makes everyone around him better. And I think this could be the case. And this, I, we know what Antonio Brown's capable of on the field. So if he's any version of that guy, the Bucs are just going to be so hard to stop. Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah, speaking to that basically goes to the conversation of was it Tom Brady or was it Bill Belichick in New England? That's the That was a big discussion in the offseason when he left. We'll see who's good. Now, it looks like it's favored so far heavy in Tom Brady's, uh, you know, side right now. And Bella Belichick's not looking so great. But we talked about this before the season. Half of the Patriots roster opted out of the season. And then Tom Brady basically just walks on to, like, paradise. So I think that conversation still needs to be had, even though I've been off on the Patriots from, like, before the season started. You know that. But, yeah, Tom Brady's the guy who's going to bring in these free agents. It's not anyone from the front office. The front office just kind of appeased Tom Brady throughout his entire career just like LeBron James has done throughout his career, bringing in guys that he wants. Yeah, and I'm excited to see where this lands. I think the NFC is very competitive. So I think that to see a Seattle, to see uh, a Packers team match up against 
Tampa Bay, and we saw what Tampa Bay did to Green Bay a couple weeks ago, but I think a rematch would be a lot closer. I, I think this is going to be very interesting to see as we move down the stretch. Um, Spence, let's quickly recap the game from last night. The Rams get a 24-10 victory over the Chicago Bears, and uh, Nick Foles doesn't, he seems to be less productive than Mitch Trubisky was in there, and the Bears don't look as good <laughs> with Foles in there. Uh, the Bears, we talked about how fraudulent of a 5-1 and one team they are. Uh, it's only one game, but we picked them in our picks, the Rams, to win, and they won pretty easily. Yeah, you know what's really funny about that matchup? And I was as I was watching the game, it became so clear to me. This is the same team, except one has Jared Goff and one has Nick Foles. You can't tell me that Jared Goff on the Bears is not the Rams, too. Uh, you have a good point. But the Rams are much more innovative offensively. They use much more motion. Uh, they're able to get guys in space better than Chicago does, in my opinion. Uh, but I will agree with you. If Goff was on the Bears, we may be seeing some of the same things. Although Foles has been pretty inaccurate with the deep balls. Uh, I think Goff would be a little more accurate, but he doesn't move around that great in the pocket. Uh, I think he'd be a small upgrade, in my personal opinion. But you do make a very good point. Uh, Spence, in, the, in our last five minutes of the show here, let's pull up the pick segment. Let's let's see uh, how you did record-wise. Let's talk about some of the highlights. Uh, let's talk about this game I see right here, Falcons-Lions. Spence, me and you were on the right side, but talk about that crazy finish, my man. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky, obviously, although we I got unlucky, too, on some of these games, so I guess it kind of equaled out in the end. But we t- talked about the juice, and this is it. We it came up the next week. It was as if it was like divine intervention. We said Matthew right. Stafford has the juice. You have to have the juice to go down one minute, no timeouts to score a touchdown. Yes. There's no other way. Tell them, Spence. Exactly. Yeah, so we, we, we called it. And the Falcons find another way to blow a game. The owner came gotta, on the field. It's a, it's an omen. He, the he owner has to came know. on the field. He's trying, he's trying to break it by saying, look, we won a game. I came on the field. But, dude, it's clearly the way things are now. You can't go on the field when it's a close game with the Falcons. You're going to kill your franchise. <laughs> oh, man. That, uh, we, we should have pulled some highlights from that. But definitely one of the crazier finishes. And Atlanta fans, I mean, they're just going to have memes for years to come with finding new ways to lose. And what, what was the deal with Gurley? He was supposed to fall down. He fell into the end zone. What happened there? Mental lapse is what it came down to. It almost reminds me of the Brandon Jacobs touchdown in the Patriots-Giants Super Bowl where he really didn't want to score it, but he kind of stopped and then fell backwards. That's what it reminds me of. Spence, you were the only one on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just can't stomach that team. Uh, the Titans made, Titans made a good run. Uh, but it was not to be. Ben Roethlisberger tried to give away the game in the second half, but the Steelers get the win and get the cover. Yeah, I mean, this game just comes down to luck in some sense. I mean, the, the Titans came barreling back. But the, the Steelers, once again, I think they're the best defense, not because they allow the least amount of points, but they're able to make key turnovers and big stops in big moments. Uh, let's go to the next list, Spence, of games. Packers, they won pretty easily. That was a no-brainer. Uh, we were all on the wrong side of the Bills, but there's just no way we could take – Take the Jets there, Spence. Yeah, and how can you go to the Bills? I mean, how can you go for the Jets? It's just, morally speaking, you can't expect them to do anything. And the Bills, like, were in the red zone 20 times and they couldn't get in the end zone. It was just one of those games. 
Uh, we got the push here. Uh, I was on the Bengals. That was a back-and-forth game. But uh, I've, I've said it the whole time. I don't think Cleveland is, is this juggernaut team. Uh, I think we've seen lately who they maybe are. They're 8-8, they're 9-7 eight and eight, nine and seven team. Nothing too surprising uh, with them. And I, I think, uh, you know, I told everyone to slow down with the hype. It looks like we've slowed down a little bit. Let's go to the next round of game, Spence. Um, the Panthers, that was a great cover, great call by you guys on Carolina. Um, and, and look, we, t- we texted beforehand. Uh, once I knew Th- Thomas and Sanders was out, I wanted to change my pick, but uh, look good. Panthers are competitive. Nice cover again for them. They've been one of the best teams against the spread this year. Yeah. That line was just too big is what it comes down to. I said on the podcast, like how did the Bengals get plus three and the, and the Panthers somehow get plus seven and a half. That one felt pretty easy to me. Yeah, Spence, I was the only one on Jacksonville. I looked great for three and a half quarters, but Herbert and the Chargers pulled away late. Nice win for them, beating a team they should have beat. Yeah, and I predicted this game almost exactly. I said, I have no doubt they're going to get onto a 10-plus point lead in the beginning. It's whether or not they can hold it. They didn't hold it, and then they held it again. It's just a bizarre game. Uh, Chiefs win and inclement weather weather pretty easily. I do think Denver will be competitive in some divisional games. This just wasn't a good matchup for them this week. Spence, let's go to the next round of games here. Uh, The 49ers, we called it. We all called it. They won outright. I'm pretty sure my two uh, big dog plays of the week were the Lions and the Niners. Uh, The Patriots, they're looking like you predicted in the beginning of the year. Uh, Not too confident with them uh the seahawks cardinals that was a crazy game the seahawks led for most of it a great duel between two great quarterbacks in that sunday night game spence yeah kyler murray was i mean that's their first big win of the season i said they have to prove it to me and then they did they've burned me early in the season so now i'm in a tough spot to where no i don't really know who i can trust anymore all right spence go to the records uh you're almost at 60 percent for the year of that last game raiders uh, they got blown out. They lost almost their entire offensive line. They didn't really stand a chance in that game as Tampa and Tom Brady got uh, a nice victory in Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas. Spence, that brings your record on the year to 59.5%. Oh. I actually had a decent week finally, uh, but I will get better than this. I know 7-12 and 12 is good, but I'll get better than that. Uh, a good week for us, Spence. Another good week for you. We'll see who will join us Thursday. I want to thank Ralph Santana for jumping in. As always, I want to thank Spencer the Wiz. And also, if you missed any part of the show, you can check it out on your way to work, on your way home. The podcast version, LandryFootball.com, or any of your podcast platforms, search Landry Football Conference Call, and then the rest stop. And then download that Twitch app and follow us live every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 o'clock. For Spencer the Wiz, I'm Brad the Believer. We'll see you on Thursday. Have a great one. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.